Thanks for listening to Spooky Mountain. I'm Steph. And I'm Geordie. And thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Spooky Mountain. Steph, how are you going? I'm good. I'm good. That's I, good. Uh, I'm vaccinated. Well, she's jabbed. She's got the jab. I got We're the both, jab. We both got our number one jab Yeah, now. number one jab. I'm injured. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I feel, <laughs> I feel really shit. sore, but I feel good <laughs> at the same time. But Oh, it's so worth it. Yeah. So I, all I know is that tonight I'm going to feel a lot better because last night was yeah. hell, but I think I'm just, I can't wait to have a normal sleep tonight. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. Apparently the second jab is heaps better than the first yeah. one. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't wait for that one. I remember when I had my jab, hmm. I literally was waking up like it felt like my bed was, had like an electric blanket on it because oh. I was so hot and just sweaty I would get like really cold and really hot yeah Yeah, it's so strange yeah because my boyfriend got really hot was just drenched in sweat but then I woke up last night like shivering fully shivering and and I knew it wasn't cold because it never gets cold in our bedroom it's always like really hot in there and I was like something's wrong something's wrong Dylan wake up (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, get oh. me the Panadol, get me the water. And he's like, okay, all right, oh, hold on. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, God. Okay. When I had my jab, codeine was my best friend. I hope oh. I can, can I say that? Well, I, yeah, it's yeah, fine. I can yeah, say yeah, it. Yeah, codeine yeah, yeah. was my best friend mm. after my first jab because I was like mm. super, super dizzy. We actually did a recording like not long oh. after I had my first yeah. jab. And like I sounded like a crazy person because I was so like <laughs> dizzy from this jab. It's pretty hardcore stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that's but it's good. It's good. That's what I've uh, good to get done. Doing that a lot of gardening today. I shouldn't have done the gardening I was supposed to do. The doctor said make sure after this you go home, relax, don't lift any heavy things. And I was like, I was yeah. going to repot some of my plants. Is that okay? And he like <laughs> kind of laughed. He thought I was joking. And I was like, no, seriously, I'm can serious. I? And he's like, well, no, I probably wouldn't. And I was like, okay. And then I got home and me and Dylan weeded the whole front yard. Steph, what are you doing? We literally waited the entire front yard. We repotted all of our sunflowers. And, and I was like, oh, this, oh, I'm fucking dead. I'm so dead. And then today I, I did it again. I, I got a mallet, found all these giant, like, in the shed. It's just full of old pieces of wood. And we made all these tomato steaks. And, like, I, I can't stop it. I can't sit and look at the gu- I know. You are addicted. I know. For anyone listening, we should actually – start posting your gardening es- yeah. es- uh, adventures on, on Instagram and stuff it's because so you're fun. doing really awesome with your gardening. You. Yeah. It's, it's a very good thing to do in lockdown. That's the I best think. thing. It's the only thing. Yeah, I'm in a hot spot, so I can't really yeah, do Yeah, you can't much. really do much else. Yeah. So uh, speaking of social media, mm. um, just straight off the bat, if anyone is interested in finding us on social media, we're Spooky Mountain Podcast all across the board in instagram we've got a facebook page we've got a youtube channel that our episodes get uploaded onto um what else do we have we've got like a website as well but it's all you can find all yeah those we have a link tree our link yeah. tree yeah on it's the best way to find us just a link tree it'll take you to links for everything there whatever you prefer we're gonna just put everything on each of the platforms so yeah, yeah. and it really helps us for people to follow our social media Mm -hmm. and it also really helps us if people give us reviews 
on our like podcasting platforms and stuff it really helps other people find yeah us. yeah definitely any any app you use any review would be awesome even if you hate us and yeah. you hate everything we say leave us a review yeah. it helps us that would yeah. be great <laughs> any review is a good review yeah, in our eyes <laughs> so uh steph what do you have uh for us this week can you give us a little like yeah a little hint as your to what your story yeah is? i've got a a lot of a mysterious one so it's a Ooh. it's an australian mystery um oh yay oh i'm excited yeah, so it's it's not a it's not like a funny one like last week it's actually going to be <laughs> a bit more serious but it's it's a really good story and <laughs> oh, yeah. oh my god steph sorry i'm so sorry to cut you off but i just had a flashback of you telling me the the story from last week is <laughs> it's, it's so good and I swear I'm seeing like frogman references and like giant humanoid frog things everywhere I go now I swear I'm going crazy um yeah I don't <laughs> well what that's a nice temperature change yeah yeah from, definitely from last well, what about you oh my, oh my story is dark as fuck as well this week so Ooh, wow. I've been a little bit anxious to be um oh my god uh telling this story I I do explain a little bit when mm-hmm. you know when I'm telling my story like my feelings on it but um yeah okay. I just get a little bit nervous when it comes to dark stuff because I feel like thinking about it too yes. much is going to like invite it oh I see what you mean <laughs> so yeah yeah, yeah. So it's it's a very uh, it's quite dark, and I've got a bit of a funny story to tell. Oh, after great! Lighten the mood. I tell myself. Yeah. Put a bit yeah, of Family Guy the... on afterwards. You know, lighten the mood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a bit of Family Guy is all good. It's all good. Yeah. Oh, okay. But um, oh, yeah. So oh, I was nervous writing this story as well. It actually took me so long to like finish the story mm. because I didn't want to type out certain. Words. Oh my god! Okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I want. Uh, I, I have no idea what it is, but like, yeah, there's certain things that I, I guess there's certain things that I don't really like thinking too much about because I, I get scared mm. that I'm going to. This is like literally me every single night when I go to sleep, and I think it is most people. Yeah, when you're asleep and then you think there's like a dark figure in your room, but I yeah. don't know why I've, I've just got this fucking terrifying feeling that I'm going to see an alien in my room. I can't think of anything <gasps> oh, scarier than oh. having an alien just standing at the end of my bed. Yeah, because I, I know you're quite interested in, like, aliens, UFOs, cryptids. Yeah. I know I keep on – I always oh, yeah. say this, but, like, we we both have our things mm. that we're quite interested in, but yours is UFOs and aliens oh, yeah. and that kind of stuff. Um, Do you think if you were to have, like – an alien encounter or like a UFO encounter, would you be scared or would you just be just so Oh, I'd be fucking terrified. Like I'm so, I'm so scared of aliens. Like, yeah, fucking terrified, but I love it. Like, okay, UFO, I would love to see a UFO from a distance. Amazing. That would be incredible. From a distance. But an alien is Mm. fucked. Having something yeah. like, yeah. and I don't know why I do this to myself. The amount of like stories mm. I listen to on podcasts and stuff, I'll be going to sleep yep. and listening to people describing their abduction experience, oh. and I'm there going, 
fuck. I'm too scared to put my hand out of the blanket to turn my lamp on to make sure I'm not going to get abducted. (laughs) I'm so scared. And I'll be like trying to take my headphones out. And like like, I've always been like absolutely terrified of aliens but so fascinated by them. It's fascinating. I think because also it's like out of like the the world of the paranormal – it, I feel like it's almost the most feasible mm, to yeah. be real. Have you actually, have you ever heard of the Fermi paradox? No. no. It's this interesting thing. It's basically like an equation, like a mathematical equation right. that like, how do I explain? It breaks down the chances that like aliens or UFOs have visited Earth uh, and they take into consideration like the amount of like planets, galaxies, and like all this stuff that exists in the universe. Mm. So it's like a full scientific yeah. like equation thing. And with um, like alien, they I'm pretty sure they apply the Fermi paradox to like all different situations. But when it comes to like aliens and UFOs, they've come to the conclusion that yeah. it's almost certain. Like either mm. um, like so. Basically, what it is is like, why have we not seen? Aliens? Yeah, they're already it's here. Basically, or... they're already here, and we just don't know it. Or like, we are aliens. We were... Yeah, we yeah. are aliens. <laughs> it just breaks yeah, down. I like, mean, the kind of options. That's of cool. Aliens. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. For sure. It's very, very interesting. I think I would also be terrified if I saw an alien. I would love to see a UFO. Yeah. But an alien. an alien is, is I mean, I think, you know, I think most people think of the science movie and that found footage of, like, yeah. the little fucking cabbage man, like, scurrying yeah. across yeah. the – I call him cabbage <laughs> man because it looks like he's made out of cabbage leaves, but that, like, <laughs> that always scares me. But – Yeah, I've always called him, like, cabbage man. He no. just – yeah, and he stops and he looks at them in the party and they're like, oh, my God. Oh, and with, the, 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 with the Spanish yeah, kids the was... and they're just like, Bah-! yeah, fuck that movie's so good. <laughs> oh, have you seen? It's called I think the Fifth Encounter. Is that? What oh it my is? god, the you, Fifth Encounter. The fourth. En- are you talking about the Fourth Encounter? The one with? Oh, maybe it's. Oh my god, the one with in, um, in Canada. Alaska. Yeah, Alaska. Oh, it's that's so, – I can't, Jordan. Yeah. That's. <gasps> you know what? Going back to very first one of the movies that have fucked you up. <laughs> That movie, I have not watched it since. I, I have not. No way. I'm serious. It affected you. And that I tried much. to watch it. I, I was trying to because I wanted to show Dylan because I, I was like, <laughs> I, I sound like a crazy person explaining it. I was like, that there's this one scene where she's on the chair and she stretches up and like her whole body gets yeah. all fucking weird and her mouth stretches. Yeah. There's something yeah. about like gaunt Ooh. features that actually terrifies yes. me. And it's I scary. Could not that, I'm the get, same. I'm exactly the that, same. Ugh, and I couldn't get the image yep. of her face out of my head for like two weeks. And I couldn't sleep yeah. properly. I was really scared. Oh, and wow. It really, and, and I was so gullible when I watched it that I thought it was real. Mm. Real. I thought, I thought it, was it was real. real. And, wow. I, and then I, I remember like must have been like three days after or something and I was telling someone and they're like, oh. Steph, and I was like, <laughs> "Sweet, fuck, Steph. well, I really like. I was all in on that movie. That, I was all but it in. Is, I was so scared. It is pretty scary, though. Yeah. They really play on a lot of like theories well. relating to like aliens yeah. and UFOs. They're trying to play on the whole Blair Witch thing, you know. I, I reckon yeah. like it's so yeah. hard to get that fear level back of 
Yeah. Of thinking that something was real. <laughs> yeah, so props to real. them because I never really thought I was that gullible. And I was like, yeah. this is fucked. Oh, my God. Yeah. They got literal footage of, like, this guy shooting his entire family. Like, I was just like, this is so heavy, man. This is terrifying. Does everyone know about this? I was this? like, why, why is someone talking about yeah, this? This should be on the news. I, I don't get it. You know, I I thought the Blair Witch because I watched that when I was a kid. That came out like early two yeah. thousands or yeah. like late nineties or something mm. like that. I thought the Blair Witch uh, was. I thought it was real because too. that was kind of that was the beginning of like found footage yeah. horror films, and so we hadn't really seen anything nothing like that like yeah. that before, and it really like kickstarted mm. a, a new genre of horror movies that are. I find to be fucking terrifying. It's still a like really paranormal scary activity. Movie. Yeah, paranormal activity. I watched that oh, in my man. haunted house. Did you yeah. actually? And I watched it in the cinema as well, and then got, went back to my haunted house to sleep. And I was just <laughs> thinking, like, yeah, I believe that that's happening in my house. Whatever. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it was really. <laughs> it was actually a really stupid idea because it was really scary. It was pretty mm. scary. I remember watching it at the movies with my mum, and after the credits rolled. The lights came on and there was a chick next to us crying. Crying? Because she was so scared. Yes. I don't think yeah, it's she weird because, so like, scared. that's not a reaction I have when I get scared or, like, start crying. I, I just fully shut down. Yeah. Like, I remember seeing War of the Worlds when oh, yeah, <laughs> it came out movie. with my dad. It was just us two. And I remember there was the scene where, um, what the fuck is his name, Tom Cruise. Is that his mm. name? Tom yeah. Cruise, yeah, yeah, Tom He Cruise. was, like, in the basement and then that that <gasps> yes, alien thing came through the window and was looking for was, him. Like, searching. Yeah, yeah, and I got so scared. And I remember I had this little cap on at the time and I, like, slowly lowered it to cover the vision of my eyes. So I was, like, <laughs> it looked like I was looking at the movie but I couldn't see anything. And I did that for the, the rest so of the funny. movie. I was so scared. <laughs> and now I watch it, like, no every way. year. I I find this so fascinating because that it, I love I that love movie, it. but I didn't find it. I didn't find it to be scary. Maybe if I watched it as a kid, or something, I was a kid. But like, yeah, I was like, yeah, maybe when you're eleven younger. or twelve when I watched it, I think. And I was, I mean, I mean, War of the Worlds is what probably started my entire fascination with aliens. The oh, the, how the Jeff Wayne seventies, yeah. The broadcasting, no, no, the, the 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 musical, like um, oh right, it's like right, a whole right, okay. disc set. It's like the most oh. incredible. So there's this, um, yeah, this guy called Jeff Wayne, and he actually made this entire. It goes for hours of reading the book of of War of the Worlds, but makes it into this like hectic Ooh. psychedelic like seventies. You gotta oh, listen to cool. it. It is incredible. But my dad used to listen to it. I swear on the weekend, you know, be in the shed. <laughs> it would be blaring. I knew every fucking word, huh. every song. Like it's stuck. Me, and my sisters, we all are just we just know it. But I think it's really fascinating because it came with this booklet. This was like you know early mid nineties, and it came with this mm. booklet of all these artworks of. Um, it's about like you know. Have you read World of the Worlds? The book. The yeah, yeah, I've read yeah, this. So book. it's got all these like beautiful painted pictures, but they're really dark, of course, of like people running mm. like in the eighteen hundreds, covered in blood and these hectic like yeah. tripods. And I remember I would I would know when to turn the page to I would be so involved in each <laughs> artwork, listening to the music, going, 
oh, oh fuck, wow. like this is hectic. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That would definitely like spark an interest That's, in, yes. you know, like UFOs and stuff like that. I think everyone should listen to what, it. Jeff Wayne. I reckon More Jeff Wayne. Yeah, I'll definitely. I'll have a look. I think what like triggered my interest in UFO and aliens is probably the movie Science. Yeah, yeah. Because it's that was that was done very well. Such a great movie. Yeah, it's a real. I actually just watched it the other day. Mm. I love Yarkin Phoenix yeah. and yeah. Uh, it was just done. I always so feel like well. I've watched it within the last six months. Every time I, I talk about yeah. it, I'm like, I feel like I've just recently yeah. watched it because I always watch it. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I reckon you, once COVID has ended, mm. well, well, it's gotten better. Mm. You should come to the mountains because. Oh okay. I, for everyone listening, I still live in the mountains and Steph, you know, also used to live in the mountains, the mountains and we yeah. should set up and watch for UFOs. Yeah. Well, me and Dylan were talking about getting a telescope today. So if I get a telescope, Ooh. I'll bring it on up. We can do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, watch. Awesome. Well, that's, Sit on the maybe roof. we could, um, yes, yeah, it's a great idea. We can if just roof's set safe. up and. <laughs> or a roof. Well, a roof, Yeah. I'm sure there's so many like book oh, yeah, in the mountains actually, as well I forget about that, that we could just I'm like, used to city life. Set- <laughs> it's no outdoor space. Actually, you know, I once went on a ghost tour mm. in the mountains, and for anyone who is interested in going on a on a ghost tour, a paranormal peak <laughs> in the mountains <laughs> is the best ghost tour guide. He's incredible. His tours are so creepy. They're like super reasonably priced as well. And he takes you to like four or five that different so locations fun. in the mountains. Yeah, it's it's the best. I've been on like a fair few uh ghost tours, but this is by mm. far the best hmm. one. Wow. But um yeah, maybe we should think I'll about do that for doing sure. that. Anyone yeah, anyone who is interested in the paranormal and makes their way to the Blue Mountains should definitely check that out yeah. yeah it's really cool it's also good to support you know small business in these times oh, yeah. so i'm sure he would appreciate the oh, business that would be so cool yeah i wonder if there's yeah. any no, i don't think there's any ghost things i mean like south sydney i don't think there's much going on here. I don't oh know. yeah actually you know, so uh i used to live in uh, a place called campsy which i'm sure steph mm. Um, has heard of, which is also, you know, in Sydney. I don't think I've ever told you about this. I lived in a house in Campsie that um, it was like a eight or nine bedroom house. And I am almost 100% sure that it was haunted. Oh. It was the original hospital for the town. And after it was a hospital, it turned into like a women's refuge shelter but this is like back in the day when if you were a woman in like a women's like refuge or shelter it really like I know it's not good these days Mm. it's not a good situation to be in but these were in the days where you went if you were like pregnant out of marriage or your husband has left you it's almost kind of like a I'm using like air quotes like disgraced type thing so it was like a women's refuge and then before I moved in it was like a full doctor's surgery and there was still like x-ray things up on the wall that's creepy super creepy my bedroom you could see 
like the poster marks on the floor from where all the beds oh, were. The f- and How much were you, were you paying yeah. a lot to live there? That's dying. No, I wasn't paying that much. I'm real estate. It was a really cool house, but pretty wild though. And like my bedroom kind of backed onto another person's bedroom mm. and the wall between the two rooms, there was like a um, – it looked like a door archway wow. and we think that maybe it was like one room was like an operating theater oh, or something Jesus. with the opening oh, doors yeah. that you would push into the next room. And um, I had like, this is going to sound really funny. I had my butt grabbed by something. Oh, invisible <laughs> something grabbed my butt once like a little and, squishy yeah. or a little pinch or a little slap. It was a squishy. It was like a, it was like a hand grab <laughs> and that like people a couple of people saw some things there oh. and definitely not as active as the Katoomba house that we lived in but yeah that's just cool a few yeah it was a very old house I'm oh sure my it's God. torn down now. oh really turn into brand new <laughs> yeah. shit apartments apartments <laughs> that's yeah shit. yeah that's exactly <laughs> what yeah I'm sure that's what's happened oh, to that's it. cool but uh anyway should we yeah. start getting into your into <clears> your story for the week so. 22-year-old Australian pilot Frederick Valentich had been flying for two years and on October 21st, 1978, he was about to take a flight path he had done many times before. Valentich had rented a plane from Southern Air Services in Moorabbin, Victoria. He had planned to fly west for 40 minutes along the Australian coast and once he reached Cape Otway, he would then head south over the Bass Strait towards King Island. As the sun was setting into the Australian horizon, Valentich took off in a rented Cessna 182 from Moorabbin Airport. The Strait, or the Bass Strait, is famous for its difficult flying conditions, but on this night, the skies were clear and the winds were calm. Valentich was eager to make his destination, where friends awaited, ready to dine on fresh seafood along the water's edge. His aeroplane had been refueled to capacity, enough for five hours flying time. At 6.19pm local time, after he had obtained a briefing, he had set off. After the takeoff, Valentich established radio contact with Melbourne Flight Service. At 7pm, Valentich radioed that he had Cape Otway in sight. According to the weather station, the weather in Cape Otway area was clear, excellent visibility and had light winds. Light winds. At 7.06pm, he called into air flight service, citing an unidentified flying object manoeuvring around him. Quote, seems to be a large aircraft, below 5,000, just passed over me at least 1,000 feet above. It's approaching right now from due east towards me. It seems to me that he's playing some sort of game. His transmission became odder from there. He then claimed the other aircraft was completely stationary. One of the last things Frederick reported, quote, uh, Melbourne, that strange craft is hovering on top of me again. It's hovering and it's not an aircraft. He then reported a rough sounding engine and the transmission was lost, ending at 7.12pm with a loud metallic noise. Neither Valentich nor his aircraft were ever found. There have been many theories as to what had happened to Valentich, as you can imagine. The first theory we will go through is the crash theory. So Valentich was, was an eager young pilot with huge goals for his aviation career. Unfortunately, he didn't seem like this career would ever happen for him. 
he was rejected by the Australian Air Force, not once but twice. He had also recently failed his second attempt at passing the commercial flight exam. With his 150 flight hours, Valentich had been involved in three in-flight incidents, once when he entered restricted airspace and twice when he deliberately flew into clouds. <laughs> so flying over water into the, setting, into the setting sun can be disorientating for even the best pilots, never mind someone with Valentich's history. While the four lights he observed above him could have been could have belonged to another aircraft, it's been speculated that it was likely the lights of Mercury, Venus, Mars and a bright star called Antares. Antares? According to Valentich, the lights began circling his aircraft at some point, so it is possible he became disorientated. He could have either entered a graveyard spiral or even inverted in his aircraft. The green light Valentich observed could have also been his plane's reflection off the water. However, the model Cessna he was flying couldn't have flown inverted for very long as it was a gravity feed fuel system, meaning that its engine would have cut out very quickly. AirSafe investigation documents reveal an engine cow flap from the same model Cessna 182 aircraft he was flying in 1978 washed ashore at Flinders Island five years after he vanished. But opinions were divided on whether the 30-centimetre-long component broke in three pieces and corroded came from Valentich's doomed plane. Valentich's brother, Richard, has called on aviation authorities to ascertain whether the cow debris remains in storage somewhere. Modern tests could verify if it was from the salt water of the Bass Strait and how long it was there for. But now it appears that the part has been lost or scrapped. So... Now, the next possible outcome is that he staged his disappearance. There have been theories around this due to the trip to Cape Otway, only taking about 30 to 45 minutes with his single-engine Cessna, still having enough fuel to fly another 800 kilometres. Many speculate that a lot of things didn't add up, like Valentich not informing King Island that he intended to fly that night, so the runway lights were never lit up. He was also running 40 minutes late to take off. However, his family stated that he did not seem depressed. He got along with his family and his girlfriend and seemed to have a really happy life. Melbourne police also received many reports of a light aircraft making a mysterious landing not far from Cape Otway at the same time as Valentich's disappearance. In a bizarre coincidence, Investigation documents held by the National Archives of Australia also show Valentich had spoken to his girlfriend about being taken by a UFO just a week before his Cessna disappeared. Quote, If a UFO landed in front of me right now, I would go in it, but never without you. So this leads us to us to our next outcome, which is, of course, UFO abduction. Valentich told Melbourne Air Traffic Control he was being followed by a long metallic unidentified aircraft with four bright lights which at the time moved at high speed or orbited above his plane before reporting his engine was failing. Nothing further was ever heard from him. An intensive sea search at the time found no trace of the plane or 20-year-old Valentich who months earlier had accessed confidential Royal 
Australian Air Force reports about UFO sightings. Conclusions that the young pilot, who was apparently fascinated with aliens, faked his own UFO abduction or crashed into Bass Strait as a result of disorientation are still rejected by the Valentich family and those who know him well. The uh, the official Department of Transport Investigation report listed a number of hypotheses, including UFO intervention, disorientation, hoaxes, including a controlled landing on the sea and escape, a landing in a remote location or a crash in which the wreckage has simply not been found. Steve Roby, the air traffic controller who spoke to Valentich on that fateful evening, believes this is still an open case. Roby said he was in a unique position to judge Valentich's mental state at the time and got to know his family in the years after as descent, as decent, sensible people. There was nothing in what Valentich said over the radio to Roby at Melbourne Air, For- Air Traffic Control which indicated a hoax or disorientation and loss of bearings. Quote, he sounded genuine when he was talking to me. Roby said NASA analysts had had analysed the audio transcript and found Valentich to be under genuine stress. Conversely, a DOT assessment of the audio said Valentich's recording, voice recording appeared to remain matter-of-fact. Roby doesn't believe Valentich was confusing the lights he saw with bright stars or a meteorite shower or that he was somehow inverted and seeing reflections off the water or the Otway lighthouse. Quote, he suffered disorientation and crashed into the water. You think they would have found a lot of debris. Surely they would have found something during this, during those intense searches, oil or something. Roby doesn't discount that Valentich could have been taken by a UFO, as he cites dozens of UFO sightings and reports of unexplained lights both immediately before and after the Valentich disappearance that, disappearance that night. In another strange coincidence, Roby said he was working at an air traffic control about five days after and another light aircraft pilot radioed him during a navigational flight above East Sale and reported being passed three times by an intensely bright light travelling at jet speed, coming close enough to force him to land his aircraft. Quote, I jokingly said to the guy next to me, here we go again. Richard Valentich was 12 when his brother vanished, but said there was no family fixation on UFOs. Valentich said his brother would have been honest, would have been honestly and accurately describing what he had saw for whatever it was. Documents state Frederick, who was a member of the Royal, Royal Australian Air Force cadet program, and had wanted to be an Air Force radio technician, was a firm believer in UFOs and that his mother had reported seeing one earlier in 1978. Quote, his belief had been strengthened recently when he was allowed to see the RAAF's confidential files on the UFOs at ESAL in Laverton. He couldn't discuss these details with his family as they were confidential. Frederick worried about an attack from UFOs and what they could do. The late Paul Norman of the Victorian UFO Research Society spent years interviewing people and investigating the case. He spoke to three witnesses who claimed that they saw an aeroplane descending at a steep angle with a much larger object with green lights flying just above it. Based on the trajectory, Mr Norman concluded that the Cessna crashed into the sea southeast of Cape Marengo 
between five kilometres and 20 kilometres offshore. However, of course, nothing has ever been found or confirmed to be part of Valentich's aircraft and we will never know what happened to him or where he went. Um, but yeah, this will always be a mysterious Australian case and one that UFO believers will always tend to stick near to. Cool. Oh, I love Australian stories so much. I always find them to be very interesting. I've heard of this before, but not with like too much detail. And I'm like, I've always been pretty kind of conflicted on where I stand with it because I do feel like if he had just crashed, there for sure would have been something found like some kind yeah. of evidence that that's what happened like even just a little bit you know a little bit a little bit of evidence but also you know the theory that he maybe just ran away I know and like I, I kind of so I don't want to mm. sound offensive or anything but just from the details we have he didn't sound like the most responsible person yes. <laughs> in terms of like his flying and stuff yeah. and I just don't like to be able to run away and never be found by anyone takes a lot of <laughs> energy oh, yeah. so I don't feel like he I don't know this could be just really mean I just don't feel like he would have had it in him to yeah be able to pull that like, off I feel like he just had a general interest in UFOs like most people probably would have at the time because it was everywhere in the 70s but I think, I mean, as interesting as it is and, you know, all the cases and lots of lights that people have seen, like I don't discount that. But, yeah, I think I'm thinking more of the fact that he's probably just escaped considering that he's, the tank was completely filled for just a short flight. Like it's really, it's like an hour. It's like 45 at the most to Cape Otway and then it's like another 20, I think, to King Island. I looked on maps. So... But then he like also had his girlfriend, right? Yeah. Like, and he there was no suspicion of like a mental illness no. or anything like that. This is this is also another thing is like with paranormal, any kind of paranormal stories, something that always comes into my mind is like the mental illness mm, aspect. Yeah. Just I think like automatically, it's like if you're seeing ghosts, it's like, well, where is this person mentally? Yeah. Like, and it's hard to know from their family, like, that, you know, of course, they're saying, well, he wasn't depressed and got along with everyone. It's like, yeah, but you don't know someone's depressed. You can't depressed. always say like, that. No, And he could have just had all. this, like, hectic escape plan and was <laughs> saying, sure. like, I'm going to be abducted by UFOs. Just prepare for it, UFOs. everyone. It's going to happen one day. <laughs> yeah, he already had an interest. So it's like if you're going to plan an escape, like, you do what you know. But also there were, you know, there were – sightings I know that lights and stuff so that's a weird one I know I kind of thought I put that at the end because I'm like it kind of wraps you back in (laughs) you're just like oh hang on yeah maybe Maybe. but there was also the recording like they have the recording of him in genuine they won't release a recording they wouldn't they won't release it yeah no that would be very interesting to listen to to. Mm. yeah because then because it's easy it's such a like opinion based thing to be like well no this person was genuinely in stress or uh, he's just a really good it's so weird but yeah the whole thing about the like called it a graveyard spiral when you're in a plane and you start to spin and you kind of just get Mm. like spinning like a corkscrew pretty much and you don't know because the sky looks like the ground and 
So oh, if you oh, get like a slightly tilted yeah, and you don't even know and you're just constantly doing like a spin. Yeah. So they were saying, oh, he probably got stuck in a graveyard spiral and then just went down. But yeah, either way, it's very sad yeah. also just for his family because from what I know of this story, mm. he's he still has family, I yeah, think. Yeah, his brother and his again, mom are still know. alive, I think. Mm, yeah, mom? and I think, yeah, I, think they, she's... I think they're still talking about yeah. it, not – I don't think, as you said, I don't think they're fully just like mm. talking about his brother's very involved shit. in in like I guess speaking on his behalf and if there's anything yeah. you know people want to talk about like I think his brother's kind of like yeah. the spokesperson for the family. For the um, family, yeah. Not sure the girlfriend, yeah. but yeah, I don't know. Very interesting. I love Australian stories. Me too. I just find them to be so. I don't know, when you hear, like, locations that you know of and awesome. Oh, I really like that one. Mm, yeah, I'm glad. All right, now I'm going to prepare for your spooky. <sighs> okay, I, you know what? I've got I, I've got a beer here because I needed to just lube myself up a little bit. To... I have a sip of Solo <laughs> and some water. So. <laughs> oh, you're crazy. You're crazy, girl. <laughs> so, oh, okay, here we go. It's all good. I'll... <laughs> I'll just do it. So, um, okay, it took me a whole week to be able to really sit down and write this story. Uh, I've said in almost each episode so far that I have a very sceptical side, a part of my brain that tries to go to the logical first before jumping straight into the paranormal. Um, But this is a bit different. I am totally irrational and pretty fearful when it comes to the notoriously dark and vengeful. Even the thought of saying certain names out loud gives me a certain feeling of paranoia that I am manifesting something that may just stick around knowing that I'm paying attention to it. Uh, So as someone who has spent uh, many a rainy day and spooky night using the Ouija board, either by myself or with a group of people just for some shits and giggles, there's always been one ominous warning infamously told, not just to me, but to so many others across the world who dare to use the Ouija board. Never communicate with Zozo. There's many thoughts and ideas as to who or what Zozo is, also known as Zaza or uh, Zosa or Mama or Abacus. These are other names that have been communicated through the board to people. Um, And there are also many thoughts as to where she or he came from. It depends on who you ask, but most people familiar with Zozo believe it to be either a demon a tulpa or a mischievous ghost trying to scare and impress the living, like perhaps a poltergeist or something similar. Many people think that the entity has ancient origins, either African or Sumerian. There's even been suggestions that perhaps it's the ancient Mesopotamian wind demon known as Pazuzu, considering the similarities in in the name. Uh, The first time that we see Zozo in the public eye is in 2009 on an online paranormal forum in a post published by a man named Darren Evans. Evans wrote about how the first time he had an encounter with the demon, the Ouija board went wild and flew between the Z and the O 
frantically spelling Z O Z O Z O Z O in a rainbow shape across the board. This is an extremely common characteristic that has been reported by hundreds of people who claim they have uh, encountered the demon. Evans reported also that Zozo repeatedly said words in what seemed to Evans to be either Latin or Hebrew. Again, this is a similar claim that many would make with their own encounters. This post that Evans made really gained a lot of traction and for a good reason. Even at that time in 2009, he wasn't the only person who claimed to have been attacked by Zozo the demon. A huge amount of people resonated with what he had described, each explaining their own similar experience, many expressing their surprise that there were so many others who had communicated with the same entity and also experienced the same phenomena while communicating with it. After Evans made his post, he delved further and further into the world of Zozo, perhaps too far as he reportedly had a full mental breakdown after what he experienced. And he now actually runs a blog warning people of the dangers of the Ouija board as well as attempting to contact Zozo. Uh, The stories of encounters with the demon are all pretty eerily similar. Someone or a group of people will sit down to use the Ouija board, a spirit talking app, or even to do some automatic writing. Uh, they will begin to contact. They will begin contact with the spirit. Initially, what seems like the spirit of a lost family member or a friend, usually giving extremely accurate details on that loved one's life, before the communication starts to turn more sinister and dark. Zozo is a cruel, sadistic demon who will prey on your insecurities and deepest fears. It often delights in telling people they will die soon, and it is often uh, just brutally misogynistic, obviously reveling in the anguish it causes women by being sexually explicit towards them. It loves to pretend it is more uh, innocent entities, often mimicking a little boy or a little girl, uh, or even at times pretending it is three different spirits at one time. Another frequently reported occurrence after having made connection with the demon is seeing dark shadows lurking over your shoulder or moving in the corner of your eye. You might feel an all-encompassing and sudden sensation of dread, uh, despair, hopelessness, depression, anger, or anxiety. Those are all the immediate indicators that you have experienced the demon, but many also say that there is there are also uh, long-term ramifications of meeting this entity. As one person stated on Reddit, uh, Zozo is a poltergeist that subtly sticks to you and makes your life turn to shit without you knowing it. I've met Zozo. Not good. When researching this topic, I found post after post of people claiming that the entity is the cause behind their lives being turned upside down. Perhaps this is just irresponsible blaming uh, for people not taking responsibility for the choices that they make. (laughs) But considering it is a common theme, it is really something to think about. One of the most well-known cases that is thought to have possibly been caused by Zozo is the Enfield poltergeist. Not to go too far into this story as it could be a whole episode on its own, but the Enfield poltergeist was a well-known claim of supernatural 
activity in a house in England, much of which was caught on film by a camera crew recording a documentary on the family who lived there. It is thought that one of the children uh, contacted something sinister on a Ouija board that was brought into the house and this is what caused uh, the intense poltergeist activity. Another case that is very much thought to be at the hands of Zozo is the exorcism of Roland Doe. In the late 1940s America, priests of the Roman Catholic Church performed a series of exorcisms on an anonymous boy who was documented under the pseudonym Roland Doe. The 14-year-old boy was the alleged victim of a demonic of a demonic possession from the demon Zozo after attempting to use a Ouija board to communicate with his his aunt, who he was very close with, who had recently passed away. The events that transpired were recorded, again, by uh, another attending priest. Though these recordings aren't available online, apparently they they capture the boy breaking one of the priest's noses while the words hell and evil appeared in welts on Doe's chest. This event was actually the original story that William Peter Blatty's novel The Exorcist was based upon. Other than The Exorcist novel and then The Exorcist movie, uh, there's been numerous pieces of media created based on the legend of Zozo. One of the most interesting of these is a non-fiction book written in 2017 by Tim Woods and Selena Summers called Stalked by Zozo. The two conducted their own experiment where Wood attempted to contact the demon every night for a month. While uh, Woods was a believer of the entity and just the paranormal in general, Summers was not and is a self-professed skeptic, believing Zozo only to be a complete myth. Well, that's what she believed until this point anyway. The Zozo experiment was to be the first paranormal experiment live streamed online to thousands of people watching. Its purpose to determine the validity of the Zozo entity once and for all. But the experiment didn't ever actually end. The demonic influence pursued both researchers through their subsequent investigations and also just their daily lives. Not only did the two start to experience activity while using the board and streaming it live to hundreds of viewers, but they also began to experience this this activity outside of uh, these Ouija board sessions. Whispers and unexplained animal noises such as hissing and growling were heard not just by Wood and Summers, but also by the listeners of the live stream that were tuning in. Dark and uncharacteristic personality changes was a very obvious red flag, especially seen in Woods, which was observed by Summers and also the viewers online. This was something that was almost bordering on possession. It got that bad. A quote from Summers in their book, when Woods starts talking about burning things, there's usually something else in the room. (laughs) Just an example of how Far things really went during their sessions. After experiencing demonic sleep paralysis, unexplained phenomena, 
extremely frightening Ouija board sessions and endless amounts of their own personal dark thoughts during the experiment. It's safe to say the experiment gets pretty extreme and obviously it goes a lot further than what the two had planned. You really have to read their book to get a full grasp of what uh, they experienced and still experience to this day after their experiment with uh, Zozo and the Ouija board. So what do you do if you suspect you've made contact with this entity? Well, it's advised that you avoid the Ouija board altogether. (laughs) Just don't do it. Um, As the demon will take any opportunity to latch onto a person and play on their fears. But if you do play the board anyway and come in contact with this entity, um, close the session straight away. Move the planchette to goodbye and formally close the game. If you are using another contact method, close it immediately. Do not let the planchette fall off the board uh, or your hand off the planchette before signing off. Do not speak his name. Using his name gives him power. Cool. Uh, Avoid speaking about him or to him. (laughs) Remain calm. (laughs) Demons and other evil spirits feed off fear. So take deep, calming breaths and steady yourself. Do not allow this to overtake you. This entity is actually the reason I stopped playing the Ouija board altogether. I never had my own experience, thankfully, but the idea of being stalked by something so uh, (laughs) evil is truly terrifying. Now I know why why you were so freaked out. I have such an irrational fear, like irrational feelings of mm. this thing i so i have this rational thing in my head that like mm. saying its name is somehow gonna like attract it to me and so in my story when i was researching it and typing it out i never yeah, you actually, would have never said it i didn't yeah. even typing it out i put z asterisk z asterisk oh, so really? right now is the first time that i've like said it out oh, loud so no i'm like Oh, okay, I think I need to call you in the morning to make sure See you're going. <laughs> Checking. That's terrifying. And those people are very brave for yeah. tr- like attempting every night to try and get contact in contact. With it. Yeah, that is yeah, and like it's why? kind of become like I want to use the term urban legend because or like internet urban legend because everyone kind of knows about this thing now and it's become kind of infamous but what's really interesting is that like I kind of touched upon it in my you know Mm -hmm. just then but so this guy like Darren Evans he reached out to the online world and was like oh there's this like entity that I've come in contact with and like so many other people were just like holy shit we've had the exact same experience with the same name coming through Mm. like the Ouija board and it's always been really dark and not good and so and that's kind of when it came out that there's this like mm. common uh, yeah. experience, and yeah, there's yeah, there's hundreds of because I haven't like that Enfield case. I mean, I, I mean, we one of us has to do it. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's so fascinating. Yep. But like, do I mean I? This is the word Zozo to me is new. Like. I I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, now fucking, why did I say it? (laughs) I know. Um, 
I've actually got – so the story that I want to tell you is quite funny. Mm, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's um, right. The, the light refresher. Please. Yeah, the light – okay. So I, I don't even know if you know this, um, let alone really anyone listening, um, but I have very low-range Tourette's, right? So I – I something just scared me. <laughs> Okay, so I have very low range uh, Tourette's, and so I have pretty minor tics, nothing like swearing out loud mm. and like you know violently hitting myself. But so basically, uh, it would have been maybe three years ago. My partner had to go away a lot uh, for his work, and so I was here in my house like twenty four seven alone. And I don't know how it happened, but I developed this tick when he was away for work where I would be alone it would be like nighttime pitch black this is before I gave birth to my daughter so I was the only one in the house developed this tick where I'd be like laying in bed trying to sleep and I had to (laughs) my tick was (laughs) I had to say out loud Sozo, because I knew I was so fucking scared of it. (laughs) And I would be awake until like seven in the morning because I would scare myself every night because I have this thing in my head that I know that if I say it, it makes me kind of freak out and my tick, my tick brain just knew that I didn't want to do it and I was so scared of it. So I'd be laying there already kind of creeped out because I'm a bit of a puss when it comes to shit like this. How long were you doing that for? Months. I was doing it for months. I would – and I – because – I don't don't know. (laughs) This is generally how ticks work is that like – it's almost like your brain knows that you just don't want to do this thing and so you – yeah. Absolutely, it just has to happen. So I'd be laying oh there, totally just already scared shitless because I feel like all these other nights laying there being yeah. like, Zozo has attracted something into my house. I've never, I've never thought of, yeah, I've never thought of Tourette's in that way. Like, yeah, I know, I mean, I, I feel like I'm a little bit informed on, like, I know it's kind of comes from like the back of your brain and like, yeah. socially inappropriate things you're like oh I shouldn't <laughs> yeah. say that to that person and yeah. then you're saying that to them and yeah. but yeah your fears yes. like that is yep. something that is oh, really I'm so glad that's like back, you know back when you're 12 years old saying you know candy man, it's candy man, exactly candy. exactly the same every time in front of a oh mirror. my god oh, I'm, so yeah I'm glad it doesn't maybe I shouldn't think about it too much because it might come it, this tick might come back but yeah, it's definitely one of the worst because usually my ticks are very like I can hide my ticks from because it's mm, I've never even noticed it's super low key. It's just like a lot of yeah. physical stuff that I can kind of just like hide and little coughs and you know stuff like that. Um, and this is really, I think, the first like verbal tick that I ever had, and it was a really scary mm. one. <laughs> That's the worst. Yep. That's the worst. It was yeah, the worst. That's bad. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> but it's, yeah. I mean, look, if you haven't seen it by now, I think. Yeah. Well, exactly. I, I feel like I really broke through a barrier writing this story because I literally, we had, yeah. so uh, we had a little bit longer than usual with this episode to mm. write what we're going to do um, mm. for this episode. And I really just left it to the, to the last minute because I was so scared of like paying this thing attention 
But then I started writing it. It took a few nights to write it and nothing happened. And I was like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. I'm going to be the bigger man <laughs> in this. Yeah, as long as I don't say it, it's <laughs> fine. Until until we have to record yeah. it, it's fine. Oh, my God. Yeah, okay, it's a bit of a darker cool. one. That was, that was great, though. I loved it. I love a bit of the – I love the dark, like, you know, Slender Man, like yes. that kind of, like, weird internet yeah. side of – Oh, Dark Tales. Oh, it's they're, interesting, they're isn't it? Fascinating. Yeah, it's very fascinating. Yeah. It's like the new kind of um, um, folklore, it's, I guess. it's exactly what it is. You're right. It's like there's yeah. this whole kind of like group of almost like mythical characters that have yeah. come out from like Creepypasta and yeah, that exactly. kind of thing. And they're not spe- specifically from one like place, yeah. which usually they were from. It's now like it's like an online thing yeah. where anyone can kind yeah. of experience yeah, this. Yeah, totally. Things, so. And, you know, this, cool. this it's definitely a, a kind of mashup of, well, did it come on online because people had – had mm. such a sh- like shared experience and so many people had experienced this that it kind of mm. blew up or did this Darren Evans bloke just kind of like trigger some people being like oh it's you know this is yeah. demon and then everyone's like yeah we've experienced the demon oh, but God. you know I might do a little bit of a light-hearted one next week maybe maybe not i'm pretty uh, um, addicted uh, to the dark side of the paranormal i know <laughs> i don't i have no idea what i'm yeah. doing next week but we'll we'll i'm sure we'll surprise each other yeah. i'm sure um but yeah really good episode yeah. um yeah if you guys want to follow us make sure please spooky mountain podcast instagram facebook youtube twitch you know if you want that's fine we'll be on there one day um and of course, leave us a review on any podcast app that you're using. Please do. Yeah, reviews, like as we said before, it's really the thing that helps people see us more as a mm. podcast. It gets more listeners and that's kind of what we what we need, you know. We want, want yeah. more people listening to what we got. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll be speaking to you next week. So thanks for listening. Bye. This episode of Spooky Mountain was created and recorded on land of the original custodians, the Gundungurra and Bidigal people. We pay respects to the past, present and emerging mob. My name is Geordie and I'm a proud Glenia woman. Thank you for listening.